Whiskey, November, Romeo, Papa. To all units, proceed to your post assignments. All units, proceed to your post assignments. Faint. All warfare is based on deception. Sun Tzu, The Art of War. You're listening to WolfNet Radio, the show that reintroduces you to listen-kill missile technology. I'll be your host this evening, Matthew, started and pinned Bloodbath Barons. Co-host tonight, as always, and you're curious on that, Minnow Crawl. Good evening, gentlemen. And Luke, maybe a shout-out, Charles Gideon Dirks. Hello, Wolfnet. That's all he's good for, is just a shout-out. Hello, Wolfnet, and a shout-out at the end. The voice just gives me warm fuzzies. Ooh. And Thomas. Thomas sounds good to me, Silent Sea Raven Kruger. Hey, how's it going? Very well. Aaron, the coach crawl sounds familiar. Guten Tag. It it was really bad. I I, I was gonna have something in another, but Guten Tag is the first thing that came. I, I I'm really bad at the whole. Uh, I know I started doing it every once. Yeah, sprechen Sie Deutsch. Sprechen Sie Deutsch. Aloha. Um, what? Konnichiwa. There. I had three of them. I'm good for a year. <laughs> and guest tonight, Sean, I do implants, Goolsby. Welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Glad to be here. And Ben, Bourbon Ben, Kleinefelter. Good, e- good evening. And still on the road for another four hours, Clifford, I measure value in Oros, Mario Garzolini. Hey, everybody. I'm on an underpass. (laughs) (laughs) I'm working very good. Glad to be here. Sounds just like you nailed it. Hell's horses. (laughs) You forgot something. He usually says something along the lines of fuck coach. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I came out, I, I came out on top first place for general play, man, at the uh, last event. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, tonight we got a great uh, show for you. We're going to talk some uh, battle barn uh, reflections, tactics, and some of the lists with some of the players. We've got some events that we've had uh, just recently, and uh, we'll uh, get into nitty gritty. So, anyway, uh, let's do battle barn reflections. Yeah. Um, so (laughs) we mentioned that, uh, I think a couple of podcasts ago, we're going to do an in-depth talk about Battle Barn and the 350 and, um, what were some of the winning lists? What were some of the lists that were brought? Uh, how did the tournament go? So we thought we'd bring, obviously, the champion of Battle Barn, Sean Goolsby, uh, to talk about his list and, uh, Brute. Yeah, Yeah, there he is. Yeah, we can hear you. Good. And so uh, Brute came in second. They had the the, the top two uh, records. And also Ben, who unfortunately did not have a top record, but... Um, I think he still had fun. We still oh, yeah. had fun. And, and what we would like to do right now is just kind of talk about, talk through lists, um, see what could be tweaked, what, what is a, a maybe problematic 
uh, in the list, some rule, possible rule changes in the 350, and just kind of go through how the whole day went on. So, um, okay. Let's start with obviously the champion. Woohoo! <laughs> Hail to uh, thee. Uh, <laughs> Hail to thee, old. Hail to thee. Right, right. Sean. I'll take your, uh, your undying uh, vows of adulation and obedience now. Let's let's just first go uh, let everybody know what your list was. Before you start, we do have we do have a a, a PSA if you would if you would um, about the three fifty tournament format that we have been hearing that we've had some miscommunication or some some problems with um, the three hundred fifty tournament format involves three hundred fifty points of Alpha Strike point value. Now, when you play your scenario games, there's only 200 points of your 350. So think of it as, as your 350 is your total deck, but you're only allowed to play with 200 points of your total deck per scenario. So what happens is that you have to pick 200 points out of the 350, and that's what you play your scenario with. So I feel like that needs to be reiterated here. And uh, in the next version 1.2 or 2.0 rule book, we'll, we'll make sure that that is very largely displayed and, and, and so we don't have that confusion anymore. But you don't play with your full 350-point list for every scenario. You have to pick and choose which units within that 350 that equal either up to 200 points that you think would benefit you in that scenario. So I just want to put that PSA out there. I want everyone who listens to us to know that you do not play with a th full 350. You have to pick 200 points out of the 350 points, and that is what you uh, continue on with your scenario. So, you know, what is it? Go, Joe, the more you know kind of a thing. Essentially, it's a sideboard. Right, well, you can't whole, use it the in the game. Purpose, but... The whole purpose of it was is following the construction rules. It allows you to build out different forces to handle different scenarios. We approach this that <clears throat> your mercenary company, your house unit, your clan unit, your whatever you are, you have landed on said planet, and you have your army that you need to complete said tasks with. So it's, if you had to build an army, what would it look like? And that's what we're hoping people are grasping and doing. Right. And yeah. it doesn't mean that you get to use all 350. You have to pick 200 points or up to 200 points. You don't have to hit 200 on the dot. But anyway, so that... Just getting that out there, um, again, we will do a better job in the next rule book, which should be coming soon. And I hate to say it, but when I say soon, I mean next six months. <laughs> We're going to go on catalyst time and just be like, nah. within a one to six month. <laughs> it's coming. We'll, we'll try to get it out before next Gen Con. There It'll you go. Be here. It'll be here. Catalyst, right here. Catalyst time for like two years, isn't it? Yeah. 
Believe me, we picked up enough information for 1.2 to come out uh, in, the, in the last couple of uh, tournaments, which we're going to talk about now. So, Sean, <laughs> sorry for the interruption, but uh, what, what was your list that you brought uh, to BattleBark? Oh, sure. Oh, I just wanted to comment real quick, just kind of along the lines of you talking about, you know, partitioning out the 350 points into subgroups of 200 points. I got to say, as a... Uh, um, consumer of this product that you guys have made. Um, truth be told, I find just as much enjoyment in the game in finding that 350 points and subdividing it into these different groups of 200 points. Um, and, you know, truth be told, I think I spent way more time working on that list and having fun working on that list than I did actually playing in the tournament. <laughs> it is oh. like a little game within a game, isn't it? It, it absolutely is. It's this fantastic puzzle, and uh, figuring out how to make that puzzle work the most efficiently, truth be told, is one of the most satisfying aspects of the game. Um, you know, thinking about how the game would just feel if you just had your 350 points and played the whole 350 points, honestly, that doesn't, to me, seem as interesting as, you know, the mind work that you put behind you know, taking these 200 point lists out of it and just making making the most out of that, depending on the scenario. Um, and the reason why I say that is because, you know, when I, I'm talking about my 350 list, um, I was counting it out. I think I have, out of this 350 points for the tournament, I prepared, I think, 10 different 200 point groupings <laughs> yeah. to try to come up with as much flexibility and as much... Um, uh, yeah, variability, depending on what I would see uh, on the field. So then the fun question is, how many different combinations did you actually use through the tournament? Well, four. <laughs> we, <laughs> you, did. You, changed, you changed each one. All right. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Mario, how many, how many different combinations of 200 did you use throughout the tournament then? Oh, so you that's said right. you had, you had, a, you had 10. I had 10 that I had... Set up ahead of time. And then, of course, whenever we rolled the die and found out what scenario we're going to be playing, um, I, I saw what my opponent had. And, uh, like, for example, if I saw a lot of small, fast units, yeah, I was going to bring my artillery. If I didn't see a lot of small, fast units, but a lot of bigger, heavy hitters, I probably would have maybe taken only one of the artillery, taken some more, uh, you know, armor structure to combat that. Um, but, yeah, I had 10 different lists put together. Um, out of those, each time I would pick one of them that I felt would be the best counter, uh, to my opponent. And, uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody captured it on video or anything, but, uh, moments before, um, going up against, uh, Mr. Brute, um, I actually made an 11th, kind of combined a few other ones because I was like, dang, he's got some fast stuff. This is really? what I need. Yeah. I was able to just on the fly, just throw together another 200 pointer. Um, in fact, I even have it. I don't know. You guys can see it on the screen, That's... but uh, I just took it out of one of the other lists. I have some of the some of the units scratched out because they're not included. <laughs> they include are, are are there. <laughs> so you made an eleventh hour decision against Brute, which is I did. I did for the championship game. For the championship, the championship game. game. Wow! Right, right. And may I say that was one of the closest games I've ever played, and and it really did. I I, I was I actually listened to the. Um, the uh, live video stream again today, just to kind of remember each blow by blow and uh, listen to Coach Kroll, who, by the way, that was some pretty quality uh, 
uh, narration you had <laughs> on tried. the side there. So something, um, something to something to clarify though too is is that for each of your games, you don't get to see the two hundred list that you're playing against. Right. You get to see what that person's army consists of as a whole. So that is kind of a game within itself as well for you to take a look at. I think for this scenario, I could possibly see a handful of these things. How will I counter that? So, exactly. all right. Exactly, exactly. I know if the opponent's bringing a dasher, I'm not gonna have hardly anything that can hit it, you know, and it's gonna be across the board. That's just That's just the way it is. And there's a lot of people that play dashers, but if I see a list that doesn't have a dasher, honestly, I feel a little bit more relieved because <laughs> <laughs> that limits them to something, you know. Uh, but anyways, you said in the, um, in, the, uh, um, in the narration, you were talking at the end of the game, you know, it really did come down to there was a few dice rolls, which had they gone differently, we would have had a different outcome. It was that close. Yeah, um, it was. Anyways, if, your, if your artillery didn't hit on a couple oh, yeah. of those... <laughs> brute oh, yeah. was gonna eat your lunch <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah yeah it was it was it was that close but what was just just a quick rundown of your list it, you don't need to go in depth right now of just just give the folks at home that want to rewind 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 to maybe see what you have okay. um you what, what was your list? list yeah um okay so my whole 350 list uh was a man of war j which everybody should look at that unit. That's a fantastic unit. Uh, a Man of War K, which is like his little brother. The Pariah or the Septicemia F, which was one of the artillery pieces. Uh, Hero Falcon A. An Incubus II standard. Well, I guess there's only one Incubus II. I actually never played that guy. I was a little disappointed. No, no, no. That guy never made it to any of the rounds. He fizzled out. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like my best painted miniature that I had on the table. Like and a backup quarterback. Never actually picked one of his uh, 200 lists, so he never made it on the table. And... Um, what's that? Armchair General. Armchair yeah. General. There you go. Right, right, right. Uh, let's see. We had the Demolisher Arrow 4. That was the other artillery. Uh, then I had some VTOLs, the Balak Strike, uh, which was the spotter variant. Uh, that guy's got tagged, so I used him for uh, the artillery. Uh, the Martin Scout infantry carrying VTOL. That one also had tag. Actually, had two of those. Um, and then the uh, Sprint Scout helicopter interdictor. That one was nice. I had that guy because he had tag. He also has uh, ECM, so I didn't know if uh, I was going to have to counter any ECM stuff. Uh, and then two field medics. Um, at one point a piece. Yeah, baby. Mm. <laughs> well, okay, so I really took those guys mostly for um, the rampage scenario. I know it's great to be able to just drop off the infantry, and uh, this one point dude can destroy, can potentially destroy a 20 point structure over a turn. And a half. And, so inexpensive. Uh, right, right. That, that's a lot of potential bang for a single point. Um, but yeah. they can also serve as spotters. Yep, you bet. And I just looked at your list and I just started laughing. I was like, in what universe would we ever see field medics on an actual competitive Battletech like format? <laughs> and I just started laughing. I was like, nobody, 
the guy who came up with the stats for field medic was like, yeah, <laughs> my work went to good. <laughs> I could just yeah. see a, a commander saying, there's no wounded. What else are you going to do for me? Like, I could call for fire. <laughs> do it. Make it happen. I can read a map. <laughs> shout out. I, shout I just, out. I just love that part of your list because it was like so out there. But I got it, right? They're one point. <laughs> Why <Right>. not? <laughs> right. Right. But effective. Right. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of uh, skill manipulation. On my list. I don't want me to talk about that at all. Um, my uh, um, artillery, no. I bumped up to skill two. Um, honestly, I, I don't know that artillery can do anything at anything, you know, at any skill less than that. Um, and even as that is the best role you can possibly get is a uh, six to hit, um, with, uh, with tag without tag. I think it's a seven, right? Yeah. You're, you're basically loading up all of your point. I mean, you're taking extra points. Oh. You're, you're upping your artillery to two, oh, everything yeah. just to get a six to hit. Now, granted oh, yeah. six to hit is good. Oh yeah. Sean, you and I both know as artillery guys. We miss a lot on sixes. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. What is that? That's only a uh, like a seventy-two percent or something yeah, like that. It's it's not great, but uh, yeah. If you're gonna put all your eggs in a basket, you need to do that. Exactly. Exactly. So so count so count that out a minute. So you have artillery unit that's stationary, and it's firing at something with a tag unit. Count that out. Okay. So starting at skill two. Remaining stationary, uh, you get a minus one to hit, so that takes you down to one. Um, it's a artillery strike, so that adds four, so that takes you up to five. It's an area effect, so it takes you up to six. Uh, wait, I'm missing Indirect something. Fire. Indirect fire, yep, thank you. Indirect fire makes you seven, then with tag, takes you back down to six. Okay, thank oh. you. There's a lot of moving pieces there. Yeah, a lot of six. It, I had to read the uh, the artillery section of the rulebook numerous times <laughs> to make sure I knew exactly what I was supposed to be expecting for my roles. I think you can pretty much recite that entire paragraph and a half by right. memory. Right, right. But it yeah, it is a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. Um, and those guys are expensive. And like you talk about cost. I mean, look at the uh, the uh, septicemia F. All right, that dude costs Jeez. 62 points. 62 points, and his stat line is zero, zero, zero for the bracket damage. All he does is the uh, two two tubes of artillery. Now, six, wow. 62 points. Again, they have the ART, uh, I believe it's IAS. Yeah. No, yeah, IAS 2. Yeah. So oh, what that means? Clan. Well, clan, IAS, everything, but clan, yeah, sorry. artillery clan 2. Well, what that means is they can shoot two arrow 4 shots. Now, if you designate another target, I believe that adds a plus one. As a secondary target. As a secondary target. So if you're shooting at the right ground there, at a right. second location? Yes, if you're shooting another point of impact, gotcha. that's a plus one. So just I'm not positive, but I think that was clarified, and that's uh, an answer on the Discord, and I think that that is actually not true. Yeah, we definitely Ooh. didn't play that way the whole tournament. Oh, is that because it's a special attack? Well, because okay, so you got your artillery strikes, but they're considered a special attack, and therefore, because it's a special attack, and this is this was 
N.C. Kestrel that wrote this. Not, not saying verbatim, but because it's a special attack, you're like, say, your demolisher there, I think, did one damage outside the artillery missiles. It wouldn't suffer a penalty to shoot. And that was my mistake. I thought it did. That's I, I was the one that brought that up during the, the tournament because I thought right. I do remember you're that. Two, you're, attack, you're attacking two different locations. Therefore, it would be like two different targets. You should get a plus one. But I have since been told I am incorrect. So yeah. the one so, case that it did apply, though, was um, when I was shooting at his cluster of... Uh, Overpowered infantry or battle, <laughs> um, and I shot with the. <laughs> I shot with the uh, demolisher, and it has the two tubes of artillery, but it also has a basic attack, uh, just a one at a medium range. So when I shot with the two tubes of artillery at normal skill, and then when I shot directly uh, at his battle armor with his regular attack of one, that one incurred the extra. Uh, plus one to hit because it was firing at a secondary target because I was shooting at the the battle armor instead of at the ground underneath him. Yeah, that makes sense. And and again, right now, just to preface for everyone listening, right now we're we're finding rules that were never play tested or even thought of with this format. So some things need to be clarified and and and. The people at Catalyst are, are doing their best to do what they're doing. Um, we're at the behest of whatever rules they come up with. So, but yeah, as of right now, is there a ruling on that? I guess. See, and my understanding of that whole conversation point was we were kind of talking about two different things. When we started that conversation, um, Sean was talking about launching two tubes of artillery and having a point of impact for artillery at two different locations, not mixing weapons fire and the special attack for artillery. So the question still remains that if you have two tubes of artillery and fire at two different points of impact, do you incur the second, the secondary target penalty? We, we kind of switched gears during that conversation. And well, I do know, what, uh... I do, Oh, so go ahead, Charles. Oh, that's what uh, Brute was uh, speaking to, was right. uh, Kestrel uh, clarified, because they are, you get the plus one when you are splitting your dice pool from either multiple attack roll rules or special pilot abilities, that sort of thing. There is nothing in the artillery rule saying you get a plus one for doing more than one. So there's no, it, it just doesn't apply because it, uh, we're can we're conflating the multiple attack rolls rule with artillery and they, they're, they're two totally separate rule sets. That's interesting. Okay. But I, I do know that you are not allowed to target more than two different targets, right? Well, you only have two shots. Well, well, no, I mean, in when you, phase, when you, when you pull your weapons fire from your pool of dice, you can only choose up to a secondary target. Now you're right. talking about weapon attack, not artillery. I disagree. Attack, you have a weapon attack. That was you have a weapon. You have a weapon attack of the of the tank of one one, right? Artillery, yes. as we've said, Which is, is a is a special attack. It does yeah. not count as a secondary target 
in that in what we've just been talking about. Right, because right. you have a weapons attack and you have a special attack, right? Yeah, it's weird. So the <laughs> weapons attack you could pull from the pool for your weapons attack and have a secondary target. Yeah, that's that's the way it sounds. Now, the special attack doesn't have the rule there. Yeah. So that's how I read it. I guess technically, if you wanted to, you could shoot if say if your demolisher had a two, two, whatever, you could shoot one target, another target, and then point of impact, point of impact. You right? could have four different targets and you only incur a plus <laughs> and incur only a plus one during your weapon a, attack phase for the secondary target. It's a oh, pile skill two demolisher. It's a pile skill that physically could happen. It's a pile skill two demolisher. They should probably be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, whoever they want. <laughs> so, so anyway, long, was that long, the end of your long, list? Or? A yeah, long event was. to get to the end of this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. That was my list. Yeah, that was my list. Um, oh no, I, well, I was just talking about skill increase. Uh, I increased the artillery to two. I decreased the um, Martin VTOLs to seven, and the sprint was to six. And again, I already said the field medics were at five. Everything else was four. So yeah, just I played around with the points just to make it fit into the 350. Uh, a couple skill increases, a couple skill decreases, and it all fit beautifully. Awesome. Brute. We lose. We lose brute again. <laughs> we love brute. This this will be interesting. Oh, there he is. I had tanks. And then he's right there. <laughs> I had tanks and lots of tanks. <laughs> He'll reconnect. There we go. Alright. Take it away, Brute. Okay. Uh, my list was pretty awful. Just ask virtually anybody that had to play against it. Um, I took a WolfNet themed list uh, and based it around tanks and battle armor. Uh, I used a pair of standard Oros, a pair of the Streak uh, version Shodan tanks. Uh, I used a pair of Saladin uh, cargo transports, a, a pair of Epona E's. Uh, I used a pair of Ironhold Fire battle armor, and I used a pair of Tortoise two battle armor and I didn't check my list before I turned it in and I forgot to put a second mech on there so I ended up going with like a 330 instead of a 350 and I had a fire moth uh, that I threw in there so shorted myself but that really didn't make a difference so so how many different sets of 200 did you play throughout the tournament Five different sets, uh, kind of like Sean, Sean's right. You know, it, it's that doing that puzzle of figuring out how to piece everything together is is part of the fun. I, I did it. I did enjoy that. I spent a lot of time in the car, so I was sitting there doing calculator math. Uh, but I came up with basically five different lists for different kinds of scenarios, and I only ended up playing two versions. Okay. And that included the game with Aaron also. So for over five games, I've played. I only made <laughs> only only had one game where I changed uh, changed up my army. Okay. And that was the uh, King of the Hill match 
where I needed a little bit of weight. So I, I threw in, I, I dropped, uh, I threw in the Shodens and dropped the opponents. Okay. But otherwise, I pretty much ran as, uh, as Aaron dubbed it, uh, Blitzkrieg Force, uh, using my fast transports to get my battle armor, uh, you know, out into the, into an effective fire position and use my fire moth to get my, oh, I forgot I take a gnome. I, I use gnomes. And I used the fire moth to get my gnome out into position also and then use the two opponents to kind of flank. You ran all the way across the board, like you went from corner to corner with that, uh, with that I dash. Started, I, yeah, when I, when I played Sean, I sprinted my fire moth with the gnomes mounted on it from one side of the board to the other to get to his vehicles. That was the, the first multiple that, times where I crapped my pants during that round. Yeah, I, I was hoping that I could get close enough he wouldn't be able to effectively use his artillery because I, I knew, you know, fast artillery that TMM doesn't matter. And it may be screwed up and scattered. He might hit himself. Yeah, that was that was the best I could hope for. You know, for and a big guy it, yourself, brute, uh, you off, you you really do like to play on the other guy's side of the table. <laughs> I do. Very intimidating. Yeah. Mind if I come well, over like to your to be, side to move? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to be right next to you. We can that way you can see what I'm rolling. <laughs> Who was that? Was that was that uh, Sean? Was that your boy Simon when we were at Rumble on the River and he was playing Mario yeah. again for the championship game? And the oh, kid Simon came over to his side of the table and said, "Hey, brute, you got to move over a minute. I got to move." I <laughs> thought that was baller. I saw I saw a fan I saw a fantastic and demoralizing tactic, and I adapted it and used it myself. Excuse me. <laughs> hey, you need to move over so I can roll my dice. In your own <laughs> <laughs> so would you say part of your tactics is uh, the psychological warfare portion? There's a big psychological factor to Alpha Strike. I mean, a I lot bet. of people don't realize that. I've I never mean, seen a Shodan you, before. That uh, Those Shodans <laughs> are absolute monsters. They are. They are. And, and uh, unfortunately for Ben... When we did the, uh, I mean, I, I have no problem, you know, going a little bit more into depth on my army because, I mean, after today, 32 people saw it, so. <laughs> uh, not a secret. <laughs> Secret's out, yep. Yeah, it's not, it's not a huge secret. The the Shodan street models are frigging monsters. At medium range, they dish out seven damage. At short, they do eight. Uh, they have a turret system. They can hit you in any direction. If you get on my rear, I'm still going to hit you for seven. So, you know, close close at your own peril. Uh, and move? I made it. Do what? How fast do those guys move? They move eight. Ten inches? Eight inches? Eight inches. Eight inches. Eight inches. Eight inches. Yep. Yeah. Fast enough, man. Yep. Yeah. I, I I can keep up with most most uh most intersphere heavy mechs. They can sprint um, for twelve. They can sprint for twelve. That's right. Don't and do then that, uh, when I <laughs> that's when you you have to. Them, yeah, sometimes you do. I, I sprinted all my vehicles at one point or another to get them into positions. Um, 
But when you take a Shodan that can throw seven damage at medium and you couple them with my uh, my battle armor kill team, one BA does six damage, one BA does seven damage. So then I'm rolling up with a kill team that can throw 20 points. And I have two of those. And I then care. I don't care what your TMM is. Something's going to hit. <laughs> Something's going to be good enough. So when, when someone rolls in with a, an assault mech, I'll go right for it. I'm not going to try and hide from it. I'll, I'll hit you right in the teeth because I'm taking it with me. I can, I can speak <laughs> so, from experience on that one. <laughs> it's a good it's it's a good trade. It's just like chess. It's a good trade. So that's, Ben's that's very Tarkina of you. <laughs> so Ben's here. We got one more guy to give um well Matt, you also played, so we can if you wanted to talk about your list too, but Ben, what did you bring? Uh what worked and what didn't? So I'd like to refer to my first list for the Battle Barn as the toddler's breakfast. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, num, 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 it's num, kind num. of a bunch of stuff that I thought would be really cool, you know, and it did not turn out that way at all. So, um, that sauce. <laughs> I want a slice of ham with a, with a, a whole turkey and <laughs> some cereal and a cake, you know. So it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. I I brought a banshee. Um, a Nova Cat, a Wraith. I had like some fast stuff. I had some some battle armor that I never used. Um, so it, it was a good learning experience for me after playing Alpha Strike all of three times before getting to the Battle Barn. That so, Banshee was scary, though. You got to admit it. It was. Yeah. Why was the Banshee scary, Ben? That was a. It had a. It had a two skill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it, uh, it was a five five four, you know, short, medium, and long. But it didn't move very fast, and it just it became a target, a very expensive target that that didn't uh, last very long. Thanks to thanks to Mario's dumping his. I went to go pick up my wallet out of the dumpster, and all these rats attacked me, and uh, that's what it was like fighting Mario. You know. Amen, brother. I know. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, when you when you put a pilot skill two on an assault mech in the three fifty format, big that's target. Called a, that's called a oh, target. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shoot me. Yeah. Make and sure that some bitch can take two rounds of concentrated fire. <laughs> and I didn't just do it with the banshee either. I did it with a Nova Cat A as well. So I didn't, you know, you know, I I learned some hard lessons. I learned some hard <laughs> lessons. Well, that Nova I mean, Cat A was better than the banshee. <laughs> Definitely was. Well, in, in what, what did we play? Capture the flag, Ben. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and that was solely I had enough units to contest all the the flags against all your hover, because I wasn't going to shoot at any of them for two turns because I would just spent those two turns just shooting at the banshee. So, yeah. like in a way, it worked. I just had enough units to occupy your units while I did did that thing otherwise you would have had all the flags because i yeah i had zero attention to anything but the banshee yeah it, it'll do that it's it's a scary little beast as a skill too but it's not really worth the point value you know what was the point value on that bad boy uh 71 oh 71 
that's folks that's expensive <laughs> that, is a, that is a pricey the, little fella in the 350 world that's expensive <laughs> even at a four yeah. skill he's like 49 you know that's not so bad i could do 49 but he's slow he's yeah. slow that's a big problem he's slow hey uh my new list that I'm playing with, I got a 60 pointer that I'm putting down on the table. So I wouldn't change ever. <laughs> I look forward to killing it. I look forward to killing it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, oh, so I'm, uh, Ben, we know yeah. we know how Sean and Brute's list worked out. How how did your list work out? Uh, and no judging here. Again, this is your third Alpha Strike game. Or tournament, um, you know. What, it, what was your thought challenge. process going into making the list? Let's go. Let's uh, go that route. Like I said, it was the toddler's breakfast. It was just a bunch of stuff that I had painted up decently that I thought I could put on the table, and I said, "Eh, let's try and fit all these in here and and kind of make them work." And I'm like, "All right, I I guess that can kind of do that, and that can kind of do that." So I kind of made the list to be very versatile, but it just wasn't versatile enough. Um, The I had a lot of fast stuff. I had a Wraith, uh, a Drillson, a J Edgar, a Gabriel, um, and then I had a Bandit to uh, haul two points of infantry around. So. I'd never even put the bandit or the infantry on the table, the whole huh. entire battle barn. Cause I don't think oh. we did rampage at all. So let me ask you this did. question. We did rampage, didn't we? Yep. We did rampage. Think, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> we did. I, then I might've just put the elementals down. I, yeah, I don't remember. After, after seeing how Mario used his list, do you have a new tactic on how to use hover and infantry now? Uh, yeah, if I want to bring more infantry in, and I've got to get more familiar with a lot of the new designs. Um, like, he dumped a bunch of stuff out there, and I, I don't even know what it was. I have no clue. <laughs> you know? Join, join the club. <laughs> Where'd you get that at? That's cool. Uh, what's it he, do? Oh, ow, that hurts. He he deep dived on the MUL pretty hard yeah. on that one. <laughs> so so um, a, question, a question that I have for you three is how important has it been to play the scenarios more than once? And we'll start with Sean. Oh, geez, man. More familiarity with the scenarios, um, better for sure. One thing that has become crystal clear to me um, through playing numerous tournaments not certain, and you know playing with a, a lot of different players, um, the terrain placement is one of the most important aspects of the game, where you set up your terrain. This is one thing that Brute is particularly good at, um, is being able to play the terrain to his advantage. Um, well, because it's, it's, it's more than one thing. It's, it's both playing the terrain to your advantage and to your opponent's disadvantage um and uh and in the different scenarios i think one of the best things that comes from practicing the scenarios is the different ways in which you use terrain to benefit that scenario uh, okay. so yeah that's that's my answer to that mario uh i think that 
I want to I want to start this off with I love the fact that you can do objectives and not have to kill everything. Like the, the objectives are more important than just going through and you know knocking your opponent's block off. I think that knowing that up front helps out tremendously. You, I mean, you don't, uh, you know, okay, Rampage, Rampage is the, the one where you bust the bunkers. You, you don't even have to, sh- I mean, some of these games, you don't even have to shoot your opponents in order to win if you're if you're slick enough about it. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I think that playing the objectives in advance or at least having some familiarity with it really helps you. And I, I appreciate the compliment, Sean, and he is right, you know, Terrain placement is a game all itself, and, and when it comes to the objectives, having some familiarity to help you better place the terrain is also extremely important. It cannot be understated at all. Ben, um, Ben, I got a follow-up. Uh, you know, I think I think playing through the scenarios, like when I first learned Alpha Strike a month prior to Battleborn, um, <laughs> you know, with Andrew. Uh, out there in Minneapolis, and you know, I think I got to play about two of the 200 or the 350 scenarios, and then I spent probably the next couple of weeks like going through each scenario in my head, like how would I accomplish this, how would I attack this, you know. And then, like Sean and, and Mario have already stated, terrain is huge, you know, when it comes to where it's placed, how it's placed, and that affects how your deployment is. That affects you're how you're pushing forward how you're trying to take that next objective so i think it's it's almost a necessity to at least play through them a couple of times so as a follow-up question then for all the listeners how many tournaments have each of you played in sean uh let's see well i have the uh trophy range here yeah he just held uh, well, that the, was, uh, the wnrd microphone ago, trophy right so that was october of 2020 I feel like uh, that was a softball for sean the, the curl sisters of go-go was december december 5th of last year december um, I think I, it was october yeah no, no it's it's december. December. it was okay his birthday okay. week it was a birthday weekend for us so almost a year ago was my was my first tournament. That was that one. Um, and since then, um, I don't know. Do you count the one at my house? Sure. Yeah. It was like yeah, a garage house, or something. Um, I went to Rumble on the River. I did the one at the Source. Um, and then uh, Battle Barn. So I think that makes it five. Okay. Mario? I have done... I've done one... Did. The uh, Go-Go, Sean's, uh, Rumble, and Battleborn. So four for me. And Ben. Two. Two. Two Alpha Strike tournaments. All right. And I want to point out, I want to point out my first tournament, I lost everything. I did not win a single game. It was the Go-Go, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah. You You couldn't roll higher than three on your dice. Girl Sisters I, yeah. Go-Go. Well, that's coming yep. up again, by the way. <laughs> say that's like, going to be the worst, the worst name. That was, that was all you, little brother. That was I, was hoping, you. I was hoping you guys were going to show up in skirts and roller skates. Hey. The way it sounded. It's, it's a month away. <laughs> and maybe, maybe, maybe bicycle helmets. 
I would love to see Andrew on roller skates. That I'd ain't probably, gonna happen. I'd probably still be stuck in Minnesota. I look pretty good in a skirt. I'll just say that. But Andrew uh, we roller will, skates we'll, would take that we'll, one. We'll put it. We'll put it here. We we are going to be having Curl Sisters a go go December fourth and fifth of this year. Uh, yeah. We will. I, I now that Minnesota is not in lockdown, we'll actually have a place to go play, and it won't have masks and all of the ridiculousnessness. So I don't have to bring like a sodium no, light. You don't, have, you don't have to bring that big ass light again, Aaron. <laughs> chain it to the roof of my garage so we had wasn't, enough light in the garage. <laughs> wasn't that like a uh, a uh, farm light? Beacon. It was a yard light. It looked like a looked like a beacon that you'd put in a, a lighthouse. Yes, it's it's a it's a workspace work light, and it was about five feet above the board. <laughs> it like lit park, up everything. Park your ship over there. <laughs> so, so that's that's coming up. I was just just again just to get everybody uh, an idea that um, experience levels. But Sean showed up. I, I mean, again, hats off in a lot of respect to Sean. Um, he reached out to me, I think, a month before a go-go, um, asking questions about it. And he showed up at my house not knowing a soul and walked away with a win. It was it was think? awesome. It was awesome. Wasn't and, that toting a Hell's Horses list? Yeah, he played that Hell's. Yeah. I remember the, the Griffin C was was the linchpin in, in that list. That was the star. That guy was skilled, too, as well. Yeah. I feel so, like we have to mention that Tommy has to go take a shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tommy, but uh, that's that's podcast worthy. So you will not hear from him for the next five minutes. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, no, I have to say that uh, that was, uh, especially considering the time, you know, that was the, the art and the heat. COVID paranoia and uh, yeah, showing up, you guys were, were absolutely awesome. That night was tremendously fun. Can't believe that was less than a year ago. Uh, yeah. How many, ga- how many games have we played or have that I've been around with you? You and I have yet in a year. I have right? never played Sean in an alpha straight game. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, uh, that, uh, and we're going to get to it later, but uh, that game at the source uh, Friday was our first game together. Yeah, now, that was our first game. Now, is that because Andrew's too scared of Sean? Or is just like... <laughs> no, because I was running everything. No, he's always been running everything. He's always been the odd man out, just, just enabling and empowering everybody else to have a good time. Sean, I'm just saying, like, Andrew came to town. He's like, we've never played an Elvis Strike game before. And then he came to town, and then I kicked his ass twice in a row. And he's like... You didn't Andrew kick either. my ass. You beat me. You kicked my ass one game. The first game, I screwed up. You didn't beat me. I screwed up. Yeah, believe all you want, little boy. Tuno. I hear, I hear, a rel- I hear a cousin challenge coming. Tuno. Fuck that guy. Sean just, right just, just told me I'm too good on the microphone, so I'm probably never going to play another Alpha Strike game again. I just, I'm just going to. Well, just like your Mech Warrior Online, you won two and you're done. <laughs> I'm dick. Exactly. 100%. 100%, baby. I'm going to get a jacket. So, so does that that mean 
does that mean when we get our challenge from Catalyst lined up, you're not going to play? Mm. Oh, I'm no. On that spe- one. Special I'm events, on that I have one. to. Special events, I have to. You know, Bob Bob Hope didn't play every comedy uh, room, but when he had to, he did. I don't know. I'm kind of a fan of consistency instead of showboating. So, <laughs> so anyway. That's him. He's all showboating. I, I Big fucking well, mouth. I'm just going to say, if you get to play Catalyst and Alpha Strike, I want in. I, I, I got a list. It'll do a lot of damage. <laughs> I'm going to start well, sharpening my meat hooks. The last <laughs> episode has been out for a week, and uh, we still have not heard back from I, Catalyst. So I think we I think we put that down below the sick call list of still Catalyst Wolfnet Challenge. I think I was lied to. I think I think they said, oh, yeah, we listen to you guys all the time. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah. ah, I kind of think that's bullshit right now. So... <laughs> Hey, what if we contact a lower level person in a company to remind them? No, think, no, can't do that. No, no. no. Is, is it like a boss? Is it like a boss fight where you have to you have to beat up all the lower level people till you get to the boss? Oh, oh that could be game of death. <laughs> I'm. It'll happen. It'll happen. We just don't know when. It's an up in the air kind of a thing. So, uh, but to get back to Battle Barn, um. <laughs> Again, it was it was a very interesting day because obviously we have uh, lists came from all over. I mean, it it was a very diverse list. I did notice a lot of people stayed very close to faction uh, within their faction, and we did not. That is not a prerequisite in the 350 format right now. Now, I preface right now because if you listen to our last episode, if if MUL can do what we asked them to do, then it might change the game. Because right now what we're dealing with is particularly lists like Sean and Brutes. <laughs> Where... When you when you open the 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 Pandora's box, open to everything up, uh, and you can just pick and choose whatever you want. That helps. in in our In our situation here, we with the as the creators of the three fifty format, we're very conscious of list copying. And after the battle mart let's let's just let's just open pandora's box here i already know i mentioned that when when the crew the the wolfnet crew went into battle barn we left certain rules open cuz we knew some 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 units were uh, susceptible to domination right overpoweredness, this and that. Some rules could be strewed. I will say Sean Goolsby and Mario are probably the two best playtesters we've ever had. Thank you. In in literally stressing the 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 lengths that we can go with this 350. And we want this 350 to be perfect and we need people like them to go, I'm gonna take this one corner case and I'm gonna stretch it to the to the nth level. Now, 
they both did this in this tournament, and I'll let Sean explain where he took it to the nth level uh, in this tournament. Well, that would certainly be the artillery, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. The limitation has always been uh, two units of artillery, and never really specified, you know, how many tubes each unit could carry. Uh, and I extensively searched MUL to find out who carried the most artillery. <laughs> and yeah, it maxes out at two. There's nobody else that has more than that. Uh, but yeah, that gives you four shots of artillery, uh, four options to drop two damage um, with the artillery clan or the artillery inner sphere arrow, um, two damage a piece. So eight damage total per, per drop or for, the, for, for all the drops. And that's pretty good capability because you could potentially drop a lightning per turn, right? What was that? You could potentially drop a light mech per turn, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, depending on the size of oh, Yeah, you absolutely. You're firing yeah. on a big one. You could drop a, a big mech. I mean, anything yeah. up to eight. That could drop mediums or heavies, even depending on the heavy. Yeah, if you're if you're rocking a uh clan heavy omni mech i mean the the structure is usually only three so depending on what the armor is right yeah and and you know maybe for people who haven't played for long but uh the thing to know about artillery is that there is no range uh limit either long or short you can shoot literally right next to you as long as you're not in base-to-base contact and you can shoot the absolute far corner of the board it doesn't make a difference for your dice roll. Actually, you bring up a good question. Can you still shoot artillery in base-to-base contact? Oh, you can't. Oh, you can't shoot. I don't think so. Because um, you can't, well. Special attack. Uh, yeah, special well, attack. Could, sure, sure. So anyway. Point, point of impact. Argument for it's that. I, I was going under the assumption that you could not. Yeah, you're, you're, you're targeting at a point of impact. So it's not, the point of impact is not base-to-base. So oh, technically, yeah, you can. All right, all right, man. You got it. You, you, got can, it. you can shoot a unit. It's just you can, the scatter, <laughs> you can drop scatter, it on yourself. It's really, really scary. Right. How embarrassing <laughs> would it be to uh, hit yourself with your own artillery blast? <laughs> hey, if, it, if it kills all the BA hanging on you, it might be worth it. Maybe. But that would be direct, that would be direct fire and not indirect. So that calculation would be much different. Sure, sure. When what you guys need I to do think... is come up with some kind of like a list, like uh, all these different obscure things which you could do or could <laughs> achieve in uh, in a three fifty game. And hitting your your own your artillery unit with its own artillery shot has got to be one of them. Matt, what was that pink urban mech award or something like that? The gold derby. The gold derby. The golden derby. Oh yeah! If you if you blow yourself up with the artillery, that that should be a Golden Irby uh, award. I think that was uh, yeah. an in Indiana Alpha Strike uh, yeah. trophy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the last people to be given that I think that I remember in person was uh, uh, Ryan Peterson and myself got the Golden Irby from Joe and Brute at our Cadet Dragoon. Uh, event at uh, Gen Con. I still have Ages a nice picture. Ago. I still have a nice picture of that. Yeah. Uh, Brute, what what yeah. would you say? What would oh. you say your list overcompensated on? 
Oh, my list was all about speed and firepower. I have very, very weak units, uh, but I, my, my whole, uh, basically my theme was, you know, go fast and hit as hard as possible. So, and, I would use my units. Uh, I would use the the Saladin uh, hover tank. Is typically carries an AC twenty, so you know you do like two or three damage. But the Clan Saladin is a cargo transport, so I feel like uh, using using cargo transports to transport infantry is. I'm not saying that, but I used it because I took two large squads of infantry and put them in each of the Saladins and then was able to move, you know, two two sets of infantry that could do 13 combined damage 16 inches across the board, you know, in, in wherever I needed to get them. And those two infantry kill teams, I mean, I, at 13 damage, I'm, I'm taking heavies and assaults down head to head so and it, it's pretty brutal well i think that, uh, that was that was the real strength of my my force yeah i think what uh brute kind of stumbled across you know in my own reflection is kind of the the uh, taking advantage of the way pv is calculated um because like the saladins do know don't attack so there's a they're they're cheaper because of that um and then when you pair that together with battle armor that doesn't get tmm because it doesn't because they barely move um you end up with kind of the best of both worlds you end up with a what an 18 inch move like out you know insane amounts of attack whereas if that was one unit you'd be that'd be like 70 80 points you know something that moves 18 inches and drops 13 damage but because yeah. it's split up over three units, now it's only like, what? What's that trio cost you, brute? One of the, as I call them, one of my kill teams was let's see, 22, 23, uh, so 45. And I had my Saladins actually killed back to fives. So 53 points. 50, 53 points for a grand total of. Three, five, six armor, six structure, and 13 damage medium range. Yeah. So basically what it is, and those Saladins don't have infantry transport. They have cargo transport. Correct? That is correct. So I, was exploiting, I was exploiting the, the CT to IT rule. Right. And that has been up for discussion a lot, a lot. Uh, the CT to IT. Now, it I don't know if it factors into PV, if it is IT or if it is CT. I don't know the the inner workings of that, but there are units out there that are able, because of the rule, and the rule is, as written and confirmed, that CT equals IT. Now, some of you may be saying, what is CT and IT? CT is cargo transport, which is units that are allowed to transport this many tons of cargo. Well, the rule states that 
it is across the board equal to infantry transport. So if you have a unit that has CT 10, that means that they are also able to transport infantry up to 10 tons or up to up to a point value of 10. And it has been an ongoing conversation, not only here, but on the Discord and everywhere else of, is that fair? Because CT transports are considerably less than IT transports. And it's it's been a topic of conversation that, do we allow CT at all? Do we allow the transfer? Do we do, we do this? Because... And I, and I bring this up because Mario's list, which has been dominant, it, it is a very, very effective list. Now, I will note that I know from Mario that you can basically replicate your list with IT, correct, Mario? I can. I'd have to make some changes, and it would reduce some of its firepower, but I could do it. Yeah. Okay, so he could he could at a cost replicate his unit, but CT to IT is a kind of what I would say a hot button topic because it's in the rules, but at the same time in our format it abuses the rule. So I just want to put it out there we haven't made a ruling one way or the other, but I'm just saying that we are looking at it and uh it is it is problematic i will say that will everyone else agree with me there yes i would agree because i know sean you've been putting that big implant brain of yours (laughs) towards the ctit thing we're just gonna let everybody listening wonder what kind of implants that I oh, do. That's that's the whole plan of this say. entire podcast. Not gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> but have you dabbled in that in that world? Which world? The He's CTIT? Gonna... I have not dabbled. No, but I ha- I do notice that you're you you already said it, but um I've looked at the kind of um transports that have the larger infantry capabilities. They are quite costly. Um. Yeah, the, the point point value is much, much, much higher. Right. For but, units that are for units that are combat effective, not just a transport. Such well, as sure. I'm talking. So I'm talking fast, fast infantry transport at high high numbers. Because if right. you need like I, I don't know how much how much infantry transport he needed, but let's say it's ten. You know, um, you can find a lot of cargo transports. I don't know about a lot of. But certainly more fast-moving cargo transports for cheap than you can find fast-moving infantry transports for cheap. Right. You can you can get. Um, I think there's a um, there's a couple of VTOLs which get the you know, the, t- the the movement modifier of four, but they usually have like a, a infantry transport of like one or two, you know, and and that's about it. And I don't think you could carry either one of like the battle armors which he was using no. like that. You just can't. But it is, like I said, it's, it's an edge case problem, but it is a problem. So we are looking at it, and, and a ruling will be made. Um, 
and what and when I say a ruling, what what we're doing, what when I encompass the great thing about what we do here, especially with the 350, and we run all these tournaments and we do all this stuff, is we're collecting data. And what we are doing is we, we don't necessarily want to <clears throat> neuter or or ban uh, an entire list, but we wanna we wanna make sure that we can have the most even uh Pool we want people to, to draw have from. competitive lists. Competitive right. lists. So when someone finds an edge case, uh, we pay attention to it. We want it to play out. We want to see if it's... We don't want to see if it's just like a one-time thing. We want to actually make sure that it is, okay, this is overpowered. We need to do something about this. And then... And then but at the same time, try to follow the rule book as close as we can to curb that overpoweredness to where it's not exactly we're just going to ban that unit like our our mission statement here is to not ban any units but i'm just going to say that some units may be bannable but we want to make it to where you can still take that unit but it caught you know it's not cost effective or it's not it's not the right move to do, or the transport isn't there. Um, and Battle Barn brought up a lot of really good points, and and so, for instance, for the cargo transport, instead of banning cargo transport because that would go against the rules, does it make sense to go half? It's one of the things that we've been kicking around. Um, right. The other thing is just banning CT alone. And I, for another conversation, but, but I'm, I'm um, just saying what we've talked, we're going to, we're yeah. going to be transparent here of what we, what we're talking about. I, I don't want to be like super superiority here, but this is kind of our baby. So we're, we're, we're going to be fully apparent here. Go ahead, Sean. No, just when you were done. Um, but I was going to say, you know, one of the things I think also might be worth discussing is the fact that, um, well, Mr. Brute is one of the, the top players in this group. Um, and certainly the group probably across maybe even the world at this point in time. <gasps> Since there's, well, you know, this 350 is catching on, it seems so. But, uh, but, you know, I'd be interested to see if less experienced players could use, you know, like the CT to IT exploitation i'm using air quotes um if they would be able to use it to the same effect if if the fact that he was able to do so well using that rule was a product because the rule is broken or just because he's a dang good player you know um i think it's hard to separate those two um i'd be interested to see if somebody with very little experience and maybe isn't as good of a player could then artificially play the game better by using again Eric's quote exploiting this this rule set it's difficult to, to, to differentiate the two yes I mean, you give mario a list without that um without that uh ct to it and he's still going to do really well oh he's fucking garbage right. what are you but, talking about <laughs> but, but that's no but i think that's a, a very valid point and that's where we as a group are 
cognizant of it because we don't what we don't want to have happen is everybody thinks they have to play the the blitzkrieg list in order to be competitive you know quote unquote competitive we would rather have people bring their own twist their own idea their you know and not think oh you know i i either need to bring four tubes of artillery or tons of ct with with all the biggest battle armor i can find right like that that's not that's not uh healthy for the for the scene i don't think right well you know once you see that start to happen that's when i think you have that conversation this is when we have to do something about it up and until then it's just conjecture it's just talking about it you know that's that's why we're monitoring what kind of lists are happening on average well so we're getting into something and i'm I'm going to follow in um, Charles's footsteps here and get on a soapbox. Um, the errata came out and I'm uh, quite disappointed in how we've decided that we're going to do rear attacks now. Um, Alpha Strike has always tried to say, well, we, we have to do it this way because of classic. Well, rear damage now gives you an extra dice roll. When did I get an extra attack because I'm in the rear? That that does not make any sense. Um, through the conversations that we've had, I would really like to challenge Calidus, Catalyst to, from now on, if you're going to make a change, be it data-driven, not just because you feel you have to or because this needs to be done. Um, play testing needs to be done. And, there are a lot of people and there's a lot of groups out there that feel their best, you know, their homegrown way of doing something is the best way to solve it. Eh, I, I disagree. And while I know that we're not the say all be all, we have a fantastic player group. We have a big group of people, all very like-minded. I really dislike the fact that all of a sudden you get an extra die roll if I'm rolling from the rear. That does not make any sense to me. Um, um, just for the folks at home who maybe haven't read the errata, um, when we came out with the 350 rules in order to meld multiple attack rolls with, um, uh, abilities or game, uh, situations that increased damage such as narc or rear shots, um, we, we ruled on the side of if you do a damage you get the bonus damage um, to kind of tie it back into the way that the the rule is written for narc or rear damage of you do one additional damage. Um, the errata that came out, um, the, the, the push is that you roll all damage. So if you would get an extra damage under multiple attack rolls, you would, you know, if you would normally do three, you roll for four damage you don't roll for three and then if you hit you get a second bonus damage on that first hit so it just changes it so that you may get that extra bonus damage in the rear arc you may actually have to not get magic. yes you get the roll which, for the extra yeah, damage which right. sean we played classic on saturday which is what alpha strike is supposed to be based off of that's what we've heard from everyone what happened with that rear attack that i had with my phoenix hawk on your trebuchet Oh dear! Uh, <laughs> one, the the one the one rear attack that happened in the game, what happened? It got through I went, everything. I went internal. 
Did I get yeah. an extra attack? No, I did more damage because of where I placed myself. Right. I didn't get extra attacks. I didn't miraculously get another weapon. I did more damage because of where I placed myself. And that's that's where I'm coming from. That's how I look at this. The idea that I get another attack roll because of where I place myself is bullshit. See, I do more damage if I do damage. This, this to me, this ruling here actually doesn't make any sense to me. The, the extra attack, right? You're in the rear. Your rear armor is more susceptible. The additional damage makes more sense to me than, oh, apparently I get another weapon system to randomly roll to see if I... No! You should reward someone for getting in the rear. Because in Alpha Strike, believe me, Getting in the rear of of in classic is harder than it is to get in the rear with Alpha Strike. True. Yep. And in in Alpha Strike, I'm like, I did my job. I called them out on their bad move. I'm in the rear. I should. It just makes sense to me. I mean, I know we don't want to. <clears throat> on this podcast, we have said Alpha Strike and in classic are two different things but in this instance i'm sorry with everything watered down in alpha strike as is that that is a bonus for i mean you that should happen automatically hey you look you look at sean and and ben you guys can speak to this we're going to get into that segment here in a little bit the part that irritates me tremendously with alpha strike is Terrain has basically been negated in the game of Alpha Strike versus Classic. Right. There is no reason to take trees, which is in modern warfare, or any warfare for that matter, that's ground you want to take. Water. Water's been neutered. I do not understand why in water, we already have bogged down rules in place where that skill comes into play. If I take damage and I fail my skill roll, then I take a crit. That seems to play and and fit the game a lot better than you automatically take a crit. That's horseshit. Now water is completely unusable. It, it, right. it there's no reason to go on the water at that point. Right. They have done everything they can outside of partial cover. <clears throat> They've taken every terrain feature from the game and, and negated it. Or there's a penalty. There's no reason to take trees. I agree. It would not, it would not, it's not a hard thing to write that if your hex base is at the edge or over the edge of said terrain piece, i.e., trees, you get the bonus of being in the trees, but you don't have the bonus to shoot out of, like in classic. No, I'm sorry, in classic, you still have trees if you're standing, but it's just all of the things that there was decisions to be made they defaulted to play dumb and all of the things that wanted to have calculations for they've made it dumb. These rule changes that are happening need to be data driven. They're not just what's happening. And not from a private play group. It has. Yes. Sorry. Not from your little private play group. They need to be, 
from everywhere. Fan based. Fan based. I mean, community. I know that. I know they. I know they I, again, I still don't know what the playtest group for Alpha Strike is because I don't think it exists. Period. Other than outside of what twenty five. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's but it's, none of this is play, none of this is, is test driven. None of, none of this is okay. We tried this out hundred times, but maybe it is, Aaron. We don't. We don't know. It just. It, it really does not feel like it is. There's Go been ahead. clarifications. I'm sorry. Go ahead, bro. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, I want to jump in on here. I, I don't know if Ben can speak to this, but we played with the new errata on the rear damage uh, in a tournament this weekend. I had six games, and Ben had six games, so I don't know uh, if he got into any scenarios where he was shooting in the back, but in because of my list is what it is, I was able to get in the rear arc on somebody in every single game. And there were, uh, for instance, my gnomes do two damage at medium range, and I was at medium range, and I needed to hit somebody. And, you know, so I needed eights in order to hit. They had one structure left. I rolled my two dice. And it was pointed out, and I missed with both of them, and it was pointed out, oh, yeah, you get an extra attack because it's one additional attack from the rear. Well, that one was the one that killed the mech. And I don't like that. I, I think the additional attack doesn't make sense because I'm not shooting extra weapons. It's like a free Yeah. And I, I can tell you from experience in two different games, that one extra attack was, I mean, you guys know how my rolls are. I love snake eyes. And even if I had to hit a four, I could, you know, I could nail a snake eyes like it's nobody's business. But, like, there there were two, two scenarios where that one extra roll, uh, it, it cost them their mech, whereas I would have just missed. And I, I don't right. agree with that, with that back shot because... and an extra attack. I think that it just should be added to your two dice, or to do whatever you're throwing originally. Your first, your first point of damage gets a bonus. Simple. Yeah. Which it should be because it's rear armor. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I spent a lot of time in 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 the rear arcs of people with my Gabriel all weekend, and um, <laughs> you know having one damage. On a on a Gabriel, and then throwing two sets of dice. Even the people I was in their rear arc with, they were just like, "This is this is ridiculous." I don't. You should just be rolling once, and if you hit, you get two points of damage. You know. So, I get i I understand the the frustration with it, and and, and I agree. It's it doesn't make any sense. And that's the difference. If you hit, if you right. hit. Not oh, oh oh you missed oh take another chance right, right. yeah because well, I mean what's also... the percentage on if you've got you know you got you get to throw one dice you got a chance but now you get to throw two sets of dice that that increases your likelihood of actually doing it so I just, yeah go ahead Sean Sean well I was thinking you know the one the one instance where 
that extra dice does make sense to me, though, is if you take away variable damage and you're only ever rolling one set of dice. It just gives you, like, if you're shooting in the rear arc and, you know, the, 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 the standard way of playing is where it's you roll one set of dice and you either deal all your damage or nothing, right? That that rule clarification is specifically for multiple attack rolls. Is it? Okay, well, yes. then I will yep. rescind my comment. Redacted. Redacted. That's to me is if it was all or nothing, just one more chance to deal yeah. damage. One, and that seems where... to me kind of to fly in the face of like when you're doing heat damage, where you your one set of dice does your damage and your heat. That's instead of doing it two two separate rolls. So I mean, it, it kind of feels like you're contradicting yourself with the rear damage getting to do extra, so you get to do two rolls instead now. But, yeah, no, it does. And and that's where like I I get where because this is that was the same thought press process that we went through when we were trying to knit together uh the special abilities and the special case rules into the multiple attack rules um because when we started all of this it was th there was no errata around any of this so we kind of had to make it up and come up with kind of a standardized way of doing it um and, and i then... get where i get where they're coming from because in i like the only other case that comes to mind of doing bonus damage is narc yep. and rolling extra dice for narc. I can see where they're coming from. Um, and I see that you want it uniform. That's the same way that, you know, same, the same thought process there that we went through of if the first day, if you do one damage, you get a bonus damage. Well, that's the way we're playing it for rear. That's the way we're going to do it with narc. And they just went the other way, looking at like the case of Narc and saying it makes sense to roll the extra damage, the extra damage there, and then to have a uniform rule across the. Uh, but you the don't need a you don't need a uniform rule for this. That that's that's asinine. You're doing multiple attacks. We've already gotten past the fact that it's an all or nothing thing. Why can't you have both? There's no reason you can't. I agree with a narc. It makes sense that you get that extra die roll because you have the potential of more of your missiles hitting. Give you that. But applying that to the rear as well, that that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. <clears throat> it was, it anyway. was a rule that was in the original Alpha Strike Commander's edition. Hell, it was a rule in the original Alpha Strike... Uh, Quick strike. Uh, quick strike rules. Anyway, like why? Why all of a sudden now do we have to change it? We we segued kind of into rules. I, I needed to get that off my chest. I'm extremely disappointed in in that change in in how that affects the game. Um, no, I agreed. We're we're agree. fine. Um, all right, so we can pretty much most people can agree that that is kind of a, a problem. Stupid rule. Stupid rule. Well, and if anyone's listening, please change it. <laughs> well, it was. it's already been it's it's been published in in I don't know what it will take to to have. I want to have a con again. We're not all be all end all. No, but I would really like to understand why that was just just why that choice was made because it does not make sense to me. 
It would be nice to understand if they had data to back up that decision. And it wasn't just somebody's, hey, this is our house rule, how we do it. Because guess what? Our house rule of how we handled flak and heat and our specials for doing multiple attack rolls, that's in the errata. It's been working out pretty well, and it's a Yeah, it went into the errata. Uh, And it it takes a while to get that data, even when you have different scenarios, to match up effectively. It shouldn't just always be for one type. It, It should work a little bit across the board, but sometimes it's specialized. So, how about moving along? We uh, step down from the soapbox, and uh, have we finished up the battle barn, or do you have anything else? Does Gideon have a soapbox? Oh, yeah. I mean, he had an entire episode entitled Soapbox. (laughs) He was in the battle barn, too. Hey, that's right. That's right. You both were in the battle barn. That's right. But he brought the wrong fucking list. No, he used the wrong list. He brought he the, the wrong list. He had it there. It was there. It was even practiced. Get in. Yeah. What list did yeah. you bring? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what I want to hear <laughs> from? I want to hear. I want to hear what list you should have brought. Uh, well, yeah, the list that I played during the uh, multiplayer and all the. Uh, early pickup games was my uh, Grey Death Legion list. Um, uh, one second here, I can I got it right. Which I like better. Right here. Um, yeah, oh, it's a Civil War era GDL. Because um, uh, I I make all my lists faction era specific, but uh, so it's it's a lot of mediums, a lot of you know. Just a lot of mediums. Uh, Phoenix Hawk, Shadow Hawk, uh, Night Sky, uh, Wolverine. Uh, of course, there's a Marauder because it's, you know, Great Death Legion. They need a Marauder. Um, it's got a Dasher H. Um, and then I run uh, double Heavy Infantry, double Great Death Standard Suits, a couple Blizzards, a Winter Hawk. Um, so it's it basically I throw a lot of units on the board with that, um, and uh, no, and it was more effective than what I actually used in the tournament, um, just because it has so many units, and then you you pair up the heavy infantry with the gray death suits and or the gray a gray death suit on the dasher, and then you're slinging a lot of damage, kind of along the lines of. Uh, what brute did but not to the third fourth fifth power like like his list but similar um and the list that i used in the tournament was my uh early republic republic of the sphere list which uh totally was built around the idea of indirect fire and narc um uh, kind of the linchpin in there in that list is the just two strategic missile carrier support, which uh, throws uh, indirect fire eight, and I got two of those. So I was just counting on the uh, spray and pray method. But um, the the big problem I ran into was uh, like I I kind of factored everything around my opponent having TMM of two ish, maybe three. Um, but when I was running into people with, uh, TMM of four or five, 
Um, it, it went from eights to hit to nines or tens. And that really just kind of, um, yeah, I, I blew up a lot of turf with, with my indirect fire because I, I wasn't hitting anything, but I was blowing up a lot of turf. So blowing up a lot of turf. <laughs> yeah. Would you characterize that as uh, something Wait you could have worked on? Wait a minute. Was that, was that just me or did we just have like a pause there where like nobody had any clue what the hell was going on or did my internet freeze? That was a long pause of I hit dirt. Uh, Aaron, we were just moved by his uh, narration. Aaron, put a put a put a thing down. Let's keep he talking about this so he can. Though. Aaron, put a put a mark down. We got some editing to do. Oh, <laughs> there, was, there was like a four, there was like a fourteen second pause of nobody talking after Dirks's "I hit dirt." And it was like, <laughs> oh. oh, so you're saying there's just a silence. We, Dude, it was yeah, dead we, solid. Everybody was looking at each other like, who's going to fucking speak next? We yeah. we can certainly add in like... <laughs> that was like uh, Joe we're, versus we're the Volcano. I have no response yeah. to that. I'm leaving it in. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> With the preface that I said that we were professionals, but apparently not. Oh, that was funny. I was, sitting, pay, I was sitting there waiting for I was sitting there waiting for video to update. I'm like, did my internet stop? Is that why nobody's talking? What the hell's going on here? Oh, that Miles, was awesome. What did you say that just caused everyone to go into shock? That was awesome. He hit I, dirt. I, I brought up uh, Indirect Fire 8 and everybody started doing like the math in their <laughs> head of like, how did he lose? <laughs> and, I, and I hit a lot of dirt and cricket, cricket, no, cricket, uh, cricket. This is all, this is all staying in. <laughs> that was awesome. You are, you are all getting a glimpse behind the the curtain of behind what actually curtain. happens at Wolfnet Radio. I I might shorten it to like four seconds of silence if there was like. It's bad. You're gonna want to do that. It's, it's bad. I think it was about and one of those little audio clips and put crickets. You need to just catch in some crickets. <laughs> If you, could awesome. have, if you could have, if you could have seen all everybody's videos, you see their head moving around to see if they're they can see so if their camera's picking them up. I like, <laughs> I like the fact that like when there's like two seconds of radio silence, Matt all of a sudden goes into his cricket uh, <laughs> thing. But when there's like a minute, and he's just like, oh nope, nope, <laughs> nope, I ain't doing nothing. Not here, not doing anything. And Tommy's out. Uh, Tom has been out for a while. Yeah, he has. <laughs> that yeah, shit has is. been taking a long time. That kid's so, passing a fucking semi truck, and he's so, and he's uh, muted. Uh, so I don't know how we're gonna wake him up because somebody's gonna have to call him. <laughs> so <laughs> Tommy's Tommy's been on Tommy's been on the road working a lot, and we're I've just gonna let him sleep. Like, yeah, I, I want to somehow like screen capture this. <laughs> And then With, put it on the next episode, just like, hey guys, were this interesting? Make make, <laughs> make sure you, make make sure you get that leopard. Make sure you get that leopard print cherries in in the hotel. I know, right? He's in a leopard print. It's like it's like smoked jaguar. Got it. I won't be I won't be waiting Ooh. for the next podcast. This Ooh. is gonna be a meme on tomorrow's on tomorrow's Facebook page. Ooh, uh, Tommy, Tommy Jade Falcon fan, hidden smoke jaguar chair sitter. I print I print screened it. I print screened it. And uh because I don't know if I can like highlight his 
Oh shit, he I can. Never mind. Box around it. Yeah. Oh, he's gonna kill you. Totally gonna got it. You. <laughs> oh, I got it. I've got it. I got a really good one. There you go. All right. So if he wakes right. up, dead silence. Tommy? So do we do we want to go into since we're all off the rails here? <laughs> Do we want to go into the the classic and Alpha Strike conversation with Ben and Sean, let's, and then yes, go into Fortress? Yes. Let's, let's keep let's present. keep Sean and Ben rolling, and then we'll do other stuff. Yep. So, right. anyways, let's get back to uh, classic. Classic BattleTech has been uh, not played by a lot of new members, and how <laughs> have you been introduced to classic BattleTech, Sean? All right. Well, so yeah, I mean, my first Battletech game was again a year ago at the Krull Sisters a Go Go, and I've been playing Alpha Strike the whole time. Um, I've always uh, liked the idea of trying out Classic, but it's one of those things where you know, when do I have the time, and who's going to teach me? I did. Right I now. did pick up a rule book at uh, Gen Con uh, this year. Uh, I picked it up uh, amongst the other things that I grabbed while I was there, um, and you know, you read through it. It's a it's a formidable book. There's a lot to it. Um, well, did you which one did you get? Did you get did you, you got Total Warfare, right? Did that? you get Total Warfare? I got yeah, I got Total Warfare. Yep. Oh, okay. Then wait, yes, wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa! Back, back to train up here. You were at Gen Con as well. Yeah, I was at Gen Con. Who was that battle? Who was that battle barn? Did won it? Yeah. Did Coach? Did Coach see you there? He you went the coach other day. He, uh, he went no, I was there a different day. Oh, different Saturday. days. Or Saturday, somewhere. It's Friday. Yeah, I, was there, I, I drove in Friday, so I wasn't intending to go originally, but I was like, I'm passing right through Indianapolis on my way to the Battle yeah. Barn. Why wouldn't I drop in to Gen Con? I wouldn't. Sure. So yeah, we just need to. Okay, I can wait till next year. Did, did you get wait till next year. Of course you got a badge. You didn't sneak in like you're conniving son of a bitch <laughs> the, wolfnet, the wolfnet operatives hey mario actually got in the door i gotta give him that much credit <laughs> he said he would yeah why why be part of a spy organization if we're not going to do spy shit <laughs> brute lives by his brute lives in his world the that's, uh, that's operatives. larping on a different level the Wolfman operatives are alive and well, and you have no idea where they're at. Awesome. All right. So All right. classic. Yeah, uh, I got the rule book, you know, but it's not something you just sit down and and uh, and read. Time out. Time out. Time out. Preference. Another PSA. Sorry. He got total warfare. For those of you who want to get into classic, the BattleTech manual is probably the best book to get. Yeah, it is, I would. It is I would not say as extensive as Total right, Warfare. and it's it's strictly mech combat, and it's yes. laid out much Holy better. Holy shit, yep. Coach! Look at you giving at references me. for like the first time on a wow. podcast. I'm so proud of myself. There you, you go. If only I had heard those sage you advice, you know, prior to buying <laughs> Total Warfare. Send <laughs> so, uh, that guy a kestrel. You know, right. I, I tell my kids, uh, this, is, this is a great lesson right here. I tell my kids there's two ways to learn in life, right? You learn that the, there's the easy way and the hard way. The easy way is learn from other people's mistakes. So uh, learn from my mistake and get a Battletech manual. <laughs> Not total warfare. It's, it is a beast. It's a beastly book. So anyways. Um, I'm going to learn from that too. I, I had originally um, 
plan to get together with uh, Chris Hesby, and he was going to teach me classic over the weekend. He wasn't able to uh, uh, make it after all, so um, Andrew uh, graciously uh, agreed to meet me at the source. And, I jumped uh, on that grenade. Yep, yep, yep. He threw his body <laughs> right on that grenade for me. I appreciate it. Um, his picture, and, his uh, photograph looks so calm on the other end of the table. That grenade put him right to sleep. <laughs> right. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't even know he snapped that picture until he told me it was <laughs> done. so cute. Everybody check out the picture of, of Andrew uh, looking so calm and cute, cuddly on the other side of the table. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we got together at the source, and uh, he showed me the works. Um, we didn't play through an entire game, but we were there for, geez, I don't know, probably close to three hours, right? It was close to four. It was three and a half four when hours. we started okay. last yeah, round. Four yeah. hours. Um, and uh, we're able to, you know, um, I, I suppose you wanted to hear kind of my initial responses to, you know, going from Alpha Strike to Classic. Um, I got to say, I the first couple rounds, not a lot happened. Um, I was at, uh, <laughs> yep. I was shocked oh, at no, how much not to pre- now, now to preface this, we were playing on a single map board, okay, um, sure. four medium mechs aside. Um, you had Something, an yeah. Agri- he had an Terra, a Hunchback, the AC twenty, because you got to see what an AC twenty does. Oh yeah. He oh, yeah. had uh, the Trebuchet twin LRM fifteens and a Phoenix Hawk nine with jumped okay. eight eight hexes. And I brought uh, a Phoenix Hawk 7K, the Shadowhawk 11 CS, the Bushwhacker with the LB20X, and <laughs> what was the other thing you killed? Oh, I had a crab, uh, SB, a, a, a Star League crab, two ER larges and a medium or something. All so Dirks. That's what we had going on. That's that's what we had playing. So, right. I'm sorry, please. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, I gotta say the first round, uh, literally nothing happened. We move, we shoot, we're shooting on, uh, I don't know, 11s and 12s, most, most of my numbers, <laughs> really high numbers. numbers, nothing happened. I was like, geez, this is really exciting. Um, and then, you know, we narrow the gaps and I start getting the hang of positioning and, uh, you know, taking advantage of the terrain. Um, and, and you know, once everything started happening, uh, it was it was pretty exciting. I mean, there was a lot more going on. Um, I gotta say that uh, landing a critical hit in classic is a hundred times more satisfying than landing a critical hit in Alpha Strike. <laughs> you really yep. can you know see and 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 uh, it's it's almost more tactile, more tangible. You know, you see yep. what part of the mech you're damaging. You see where you get through. You see what weapons it affects. Um, uh, instead of just the watered down. Uh, very simplified, streamlined version of Alpha Strike where you just lose, you know, so much effectiveness in your overall role or movement or whatever. Um, I think the word I used yesterday or on Friday was visceral. It's a much more visceral experience. Yes. yes. Um, but my Especially gosh. It's, it's I'm gonna, <laughs> I want to butt in here for a, qu- a quick second. Oh, God. I saw the picture. What's with the 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 wall of dice? Uh, oh, that was so. Yeah. I brought a neo. I brought a neoprene mat. That was that. That's actually two maps. Uh, two maps together. The wall of dice was the edge of the map. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought there was a more fun. Reason no, it for wasn't. That, but... 
It wasn't anything cool. It just marked the edge of the edge of the map. <laughs> the, the, great, the Great Wall of Dice, I guess, is just all, all that was. Why is Tommy's camera shaking? Probably doing more than just sleeping. <clears throat> He's, he snores that loud. He's by wow, table. Uh, Tommy's a veteran combat engineer. He can shake if he wants to. All right. <laughs> no judging. And, um, like that. and speaking of that... All you veterans out there this uh, 11th, thank you for yeah, your service. Oh, yeah. That hey. is right. Happy Veterans Day. Thank you. On the thank 11th. you for your service. Thank you very much, everybody. In four days. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> the, podcast, the podcast will probably be edited and go by that time. Probably oh. when this podcast drops. Today is the 11th. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Veterans Day today. No, hey, don't forget no, the Marine Corps birthday shows up before that. Well, sure. Now I have a now I have a date that I have to give this. Sure, you got to bring the branches in. <laughs> I should be able to have this out by Thursday. In fact, you know what? We'll put it out on Thursday. Happy, Happy Veterans, Veterans Day. Day! Happy Veterans Day! Hua! It's uh, also, it's also Dragoon's Resolution Day too. Just throwing that out there. And and what do the Marines say? Hoorah. That's right. <laughs> All right, carry on, as you were. Oh, uh, I think I was just sharing kind of some of my initial impressions and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I, Critical Hits, just tons of fun. Uh, that was probably the best part of the game. I was able to uh, eliminate one of Andrew's mechs via um, gyro. gyro hits. I was able to eliminate it with, with a couple of gyro hits. Uh, that was right at the very end of the game. Um some of the things I think it does not have uh, over Alpha Strike is the overall aesthetic. You know, part of part of the game is just how beautiful these models are of getting on a table where everything's painted and looks just real great. But then to put that just on this flat paper mat, um, honestly, I think I think it loses a lot of the overall aesthetic. I mean, it, it certainly makes it much more easy to uh, enumerate the rules and to define. Everything, you know, make it hex-based. But, geez, it really does lose a lot of that appeal that Alpha Strike has just on that three-dimensional miniature, on a three-dimensional terrain. Um, so, man, there really are, to me, you know, just, just scratching the surface with Classic, there's 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 definitely pros and cons to, to both play styles. And I would agree, Andrew said this on numerous occasions, uh, they are not this, you know, comparable games. They are completely different games and they i think they should always be treated as a completely separate organism Ooh, can so, i get on a soapbox do it sure i still have a problem with shots in the dirt with classic oh that happened and we had that happened oh yeah that, that happened. Happened. you're right if i still have a problem with shots in the dirt for partial cover because you roll the dice you achieve a hit. You achieve a hit. And then it changes to, oh, it's in the dirt. Oh, that's it. I'm off my box. That was a very small box. That's a very small box. That's probably the I'm smallest off. box we've ever had on this show. Matthew, small box, really, blood bags. Surely it's you can rage about this a little bit longer. Cheap it's days. a sturdy small box, though. <laughs> 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 All right, so then we'll, so so then let's flip. Let's flip because Ben, you were a classic player until 
you came to the Twin Cities here a couple of months ago. August, And yeah. that was when uh, we introduced you to Alpha Strike. Yes, so sir. from your perspective, so Sean came from Alpha Strike to Classic and you came from Classic to Alpha Strike. What were, what are your thoughts and how did, just what are your thoughts? How did, how did it go? You know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I, I played Classic for, since 89. All right. Um, been a long time. Jeez, and you're uh, old. Yeah, I'm I'm old. Sure, you're uh, old. <laughs> Silverback. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Silverback. There you go. Um, but you know, it was it was definitely an interesting transition. Not really a tra- I didn't really transition to it, but uh, it was. It took me a while to figure out how to associate it with my longtime classic headspace a little bit. Um, you know, and, and at first I was, I've been very resistant to it for a long time trying to get into it. But, you know, when, when I got together with Andrew out in Minneapolis and, uh, you know, he, he was like, all right, this is how everything works. And, and, and we, we played the first match there at the source and I, I, I see the appeal to it. You know, I see the appeal and the speed of it. Um, you can field, you know, a lot more units on the board than you can in classic in a much quicker pace, much quicker pace. Um, you know, but like Sean said, you just, for a lot of folks, the, the appeal of classic is the detail is the, is the detail of knowing that your shot hit that right arm and went internal into the, you know, upper arm actuator and, or knocked out a a particular weapon or something like that. You know, you take out his AC 20, you take out his ERPBC or something like that. Whereas in that's Alpha right, Strike, Chandler takes out your AC twenty every game. All day, Chandler. All day, <laughs> hey, Chandler. All day, every day, Chandler. <laughs> and he's just sitting at home like you bastards. No mas AC twenty. No mas. <laughs> but I got ammo. But you know, and that, and that's the thing. It's like with Alpha Strike, you you know, you take a critical, you take a weapon hit. Well, you don't. Which weapon? You know, that's a classic player. I'm like, well, which weapon did it got hit? Well, I take lose one point of damage. All right. Well, all right. I guess I lost something, you know. So I think there's, you know, like Sean said, there's pros and cons. Um, Alpha Strike is much faster, but less detail oriented, you know. Um, and you don't get that. You don't get to taste the, the smoke in the air. You know, like you do with with classic. I think one of the advantages that that the Alpha Strike has is you get to experience um, unit cohesion, um, oh, as yeah. opposed to you know with uh, um, classic. You know, again, one ex- one game under my belt, but uh, you know, I really felt like I had four individual guys doing their own thing. Whereas when we're playing like a three fifty tournament or whatever, I can see the unit as a whole, uh, my whole two hundred point list. They're all you know, working together. They got their roles that they're playing. This guy's covering that guy. This guy's bringing this guy. Um, and you can see more of the, the, the intra teamwork mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. Um, I like that analogy of classic being more individual mech warriors and the machines and alpha strike being a cohesive team. I can see being on classic. And, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, I can see on Classic, 
um, really being able to uh, find your your signature mech, the one that you are piloting. Um, it's your favorite one, and uh, you know all the nitty gritty details of how all of its weapons and all of its systems work together. And I could see you really being able to fall in love with a unit, a single a single you know um, mech, and and really make it yours. Um, whereas, yeah, having just played Alpha Strike, um, yeah, I'm I'm particular to death from above attacks. Uh, so the uh, Phoenix Hawk two uh, C six is kind of my baby for that one, um, but but you know it doesn't really feel like my signature mech. I haven't really bonded with that mech as much as I have the units that it goes with, if that makes sense. Okay, I yeah. I have for for people that play video the video games, you you equate classic to mech warrior, and you equate Alpha Strike to uh, mech commander. So. That's sure. that's really how I, I picture the two as well from that video game or or just the things that you have control over, right? Um, individual mech versus multiple mechs. So, um, it, Mario, you're here. What? Uh, sure. Where did where did you start? Were you a classic player or were you an Alpha Strike player or did you just stumble into this? All right, so I'm going to be the weirdo here in the room. Not that <laughs> That's that already different. established. That's You don't need so to clarify my, that. My board game experience was for Flick Tech. Okay. No kidding? Are you serious? Yeah. Boot him, yeah. him out right now. Just, <laughs> let's just exit him. You weren't, you weren't so, kidding about the weirdo. Uh, I, <clears throat> so I come from a smaller town, and there there is nobody to play with. So... Uh, I was resistant to learning Mega Mech until uh, Joe got me to try it, and I played Alpha Strike. I played it Alpha Strike a handful of times, maybe three, four times before I did the Cadet thing with you guys. And I wanted to do that. I mean, the Gen Con thing—it was all about playing Alpha Strike all weekend. That, I played more fault. Alpha Strike with you guys. Oh no, it was, no, it was fantastic. I love it. Since you played me, that's my um, fault. <laughs> I played I played one classic game and that was an introduction to Gen Con. And then Joe called you guys out and we played that one god awful game that wouldn't ever end at the Battle Hard. <laughs> yeah. And that that was that's been my that and then the the, the next time I played classic was the six K. And that's all of my experience. Was that never-ending game? That was a thirty twenty-five classic, wasn't it? Yeah, that was you. That was you and I playing against him and Joe, and I think we played for six hours. Yeah, it was. Yes, it was awful. That was. I mean, it, it, was, it was fun doing the game, but you know, it was just like, oh my god, it won't, it won't stop. My god, the ammo so, will yeah. not explode. Somebody, somebody, kick off my ammo, please. Somebody yeah. hit me in the face. Yeah. Did make this ammunition I, I and armor stop. <laughs> there, there was there was a huge amount of satisfaction when I got on a level one hill and everybody shot up pretty bad and I kicked Matt's Goliath in the head and killed him. And I could see the like the look on his face was he was aggravated that, he, that it happened, but then it was relief of thank God it's over. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm with you. But I mean. 
he's right. It's it's a group of individuals, and even when you play in Mega Mech, it's it's a group of individuals that you know kind of kind of meander towards their goal, kind of like herd of cats. I feel like, and the, I like classes. Don't get me wrong, but I, I like Alpha Strike better because I like to play with the combined arms. And being able to just hop right in and be able to move tanks and infantry, pretty much just did not have to have extra special rules just to move them and shoot them, like mechs, is really nice. You know, like, there, there's the whole, you know, loading them up and getting them off of you know, the, the APC and stuff like that. And you can screw that up so easily if you don't do it in the right order with classic, whereas Alpha Strike, they really streamlined the non-mech units, and that's, it's really nice. Now, on your trip, on your trip that you're still coming back home from, you stopped by uh, Ironwind Metals. How, are are they doing well with the combined arms sales? I think there's been a bump up in it. Um, from my understanding, they, they hired two more people to, uh, Fill orders and um, I mean they, they seem to have a lot of stuff going on. When I went in there, the 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 shelves had all kinds of big box up packages ready to be shipped out. So I mean I I, I think and I, I have also heard from a source of my own that there's been a uh, an uptick in vehicle sales. And then you know I, a lot of people I talk to this weekend we're like oh you know i've got ba on order with the battle armor and stuff like that so i i think there's been an, up, an upswing in that then they're also getting more orders coming in too because you know there's people the kickstarter has stimulated people to come back to the game too so i think i think things are picking up for them the here mario thought he was going shopping they're really <laughs> He was being an investigative journalist. Yeah. yeah. More, spy, more, more spy Dude. shit. That's right. Intel. Intel gathering. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I was surprised. They, they had a, a, a lady and a younger guy working in there, and they were, you know, setting boxes out and filling them apart and packaging them up and previous times I've been there, they didn't have those people there. So, Well, that's awesome. They're being successful and we're helping. Any, everybody can help with that with community by finding what they need and, and supplying that. That's awesome. I think uh, the last thing we want to finish up with is uh, there was an event, a big event this weekend. Um, it was the uh, Southern Assault um, Alpha Strike Before- Tournament. Fortress Games and Miniatures hosted a Southern Assault two-day event in North Carolina. Um, and I think Ben and Mario went to that. That's correct. What were uh, you guys' what were you guys' thoughts let's, on let's let's shoot with Ben uh first of all. Just uh initial initial reactions, opinions, stuff like that. Uh we don't want to go super in depth round by round, but uh how how did it go? 
Uh, I think it went really well. Um, I was surprised at the amount of people that were there. Um, there was, you know, over 30 some folks and, and you had, I talked to one guy, he drove 12 and a half hours to get there. You know, Damn. so I thought, I thought that was pretty, pretty solid. Um, yeah. there was a good smooth transition between the, between the games. Um, everything was laid out pretty well. Um, I, I he wasn't, think he wasn't riding you guys hard. Like I did at battle barn. <laughs> <laughs> I pushed I push those games are pretty tough. I apologize okay, for that. Did you have a bathroom <laughs> break? Did you have no, a bathroom we did break? They had to do that in between games. Get it done. Okay. We're, we got okay. a schedule to keep here. Yeah, Gideon didn't have a bathroom break. <laughs> that was bad. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it wasn't so bad. I ate half a slice of pizza. <laughs> I had time for that. <laughs> So, from what we gather, the uh, Southern Assault was a 32-man or 32-player um, event. How many rounds? Six rounds? Six Two rounds, yep. How was, that, how was that taxing on people? Pretty good? Uh, I know by the end of Saturday, I was whooped. You know, I went back to the hotel, and, uh, well, after me and Mario hung out, and he decided to poltergeist my dice. Um, <laughs> you know, you can't, get, uh, you can't get too close to him. It'll fuck it up. Can't. I, I got to stop riding around with him when we're at these events, man. The only way to get rid of the curse is to give the curse away. I know. You, I yeah, find you, some realize, you realize that Mario's a vampire, right? He just steals <laughs> your dice luck. Oh, it was bad. I came in Sunday morning, my first round, I. I don't know if I scored a point of damage. I was just running around getting shot. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> Makes it a long day. <laughs> you know. You know. Speaking of that, could you imagine if there was ever a tournament event where it was like, bring your list, lose your pink slips? Oh yeah, that'd be gross. That'd be, be tough. Gross. Be tough. A guy. A guy had a prototype. Uh, Death Ray Designs prototype. Oro, and I was like, I'll play you one of my pieces for one of yours. And he was not up for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we heard that uh, Defray Designs was uh, super awesome at the event, supplying some uh, uh, swag and things like that. Kudos for that, too. Uh, yeah. Bobby put on a great event. Yeah. Ben, did you bring, did you tweak your list at all, or knowing that it was a full 350? Oh, I definitely uh, did. I definitely did. I, uh, I, I, I kind of put the toddler breakfast away and uh, decided to go <clears throat> with a little bit more streamlined things. Um, and it worked out a little bit better, a um, little bit more organized. And since I knew I was playing a 350 with the full spectrum, you know, I didn't try and pick and choose a lot of different stuff that would mesh well in the, into a 200. I just tried to set up a cohesive unit uh, that could accomplish a bunch of different tasks, you know? Um, so that was my goal going into it, you know, was taking my lessons from battle barn and going, okay, how can I knowing now that I got to put the f full effect of everything on the table? Let's see how this is all going to play out, you know? So I, I thought that was, that was a definite learning point there. I didn't have any two, uh, two skill assault max. That's for damn sure. 
Um, so <laughs> I thought that the one thing that I, I was kind of not really weirded out by, but it was every table was set up already. The terrain was already set. So yeah. you just you just walked up to the table and rolled dice against your opponent to see who was picking what side, and that's the side you started on. You know, so now you could deploy eight inches from any edge. It depended on the scenario. It depended on the scenario. Um, there was out of the six scenarios, I believe there was four that stipulated you were eight inches from the edge. And then there was, I believe, two scenarios that were only four inches from the edge. Mario, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I remember one for sure. I don't remember the second one. But... Yeah. Now, Mario, you brought, uh, I believe, basically the same thing you brought to Battle Barn. Did you not? <laughs> I did. I have been working a lot of overtime, so I did not have time to paint anything. And at Battle Barn, I gave away all my bases, you know, like gifts. And I had to, had to hurry up and print a new bases to slap on there. And uh, that was what I was doing Thursday night, was like dipping out paint, trying to go as fast as I could. But, I, yeah, I took my full, my full Battle Barn Wolfman force. And uh, that's Seems what like I did okay. I won all six of my games. <laughs> <laughs> I I had a lot of uh, I had a lot of very surprised looks <laughs> on people's faces. So uh, I like the initial surprise look was usually when someone picked up my list and looked at it the second time because the first time they just glanced at it and then the second time they're like they do what like yeah. Sorry. My bad. And, 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 and usually that was, well, actually, I, I take that back. The first surprise look was when one of their Big Macs went down first, <laughs> followed by their second look at my list. And you just went so headhunting. You're like, yes, my battle armor do do that much bad damage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I found the biggest guy in the yard, and I had my fire moth run up and kick him in the ass. I had a lot of really good games with some, some awesome people. Uh, I had a lot of fun. So I am not used to playing a, a game that size and you know, the duration. And, I, and like Ben, I mean, at the end of it, I was wiped out. Now, what kind of challenges did you find on some of your difficult games? Distance? With the terrain preset, uh, I I lost pretty much every initiative I could possibly lose, so I never got to choose the side or you know how how it was going to go down. So I just kind of had to make the best of it. Hey man, uh, losing initiative is my thing. You can't have it. <laughs> so I, I I gave Sean some poltergeist while he wasn't looking. So you know, but uh, yeah, I mean having to. You had much wider spaces, so it was more conducive to units that could hit from longer ranges, for sure. I mean, I saw more long-range attacks than I've ever seen. Yeah, that's a big difference. And, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, I mean, it, they, it was much more spread out. 
but there was lots of variations. The maps are really cool. Lots of really, really good terrain pieces. I have um, to imagine. I have to imagine skill increases was a, a much bigger thing, or could have been a much bigger thing. Yes. At, at that. I faced that several game. armies that had nothing, nothing but skill threes. Okay. Skill, uh, skill threes, and, and there they would. It was not uncommon to run across a, a skill two assault mech. Yeah. I mean that that was that wasn't too uncommon at all. Uh, the other thing that was kind of wild was. We didn't. It, it was uh, it was announced the night before, which I did not make it to them at that time. But you did not know the scenarios until the day of, because it was kind of like you know he wanted to wanted to make it more mission like, where you know, today here's the mission, this is what you're doing. So that was kind of that was kind of neat. So you know okay. you had to sit down, read a read a little mission profile quick, and then kind of figure out what you were going to do. And so, you know, I, I would say doing the, the 350 tournament rules that you guys have set up, I kind of have a mindset of, you know, that you need to keep your keep an eye on the objective. That that was helpful. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things where, uh, like, like Mario said, not knowing the objectives going into it, you know, setting up a 350 list to be able to do – kind of possibly anything because you don't know what you're going to run into um, had an advantage. But when you sit down at the table and, and Mario hit on it, you know, reading the brief, you know, I didn't re really read the brief. I kind of skimmed it. I was like, okay, it's a stand-up fight basically. All right, gotcha. You know, we started deploying units and, and I'm doing like we always do with the 350 and the 200 you know, and put my units two inches from the edge of the board, and I see the other guy going eight inches out, and I'm like, all right, well, maybe he's, okay, that's another one. All right, that's another one. Um, hey, man, I think you're only supposed to go Should two inches. Something? He's like, no, it's eight <laughs> inches. It's in the rules. I'm like, what? It's in the rules? Son of a bitch. I'm like reading through the rules. I'm like, well, crap. All right, well, all my slowest guys were already at two inches. I'm like, well, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, yeah, uh, did Mario. Did you go up against any artillery? Yes, I did. Uh, I I played uh, a gentleman by the name of AJ who had a Kit Fox B, so it had the single artillery piece. Oh, and and he was using a spotter, but he had skill four. Okay, yeah, so he's not gonna hit he anything needed. That. He needed. Uh, yeah, he needed like nine to ten. So how big? Yeah. How, how big were the tables? Four by four. Forty-eight by forty-eight. Okay, so the the bigger the table, the more powerful by far artillery becomes, because you got a lot further to go before you can get to those bad boys. Yes, it would. Uh, it, like your list would have been crazy effective. Oh, I bet. Um, the uh, I did run across one guy who had some particularly nasty uh, Nova Cats and. Yeah, I think he had no, uh, one of the Nova Cats decked out with long-range missiles for indirect fire. See. And he had that one at a skill. He had that one at a skill too, and that thing would just rain hell down on you. And yeah. my my slower units were really suffering from that. Right. You know, I don't see a reason to take artillery with anything less than skill two. No, I'm, I, I agree. Have, 
I'm going to be trying it with I, in my new dragoon themed list that I just built. Um, I've got a skill three um, artillery unit in it. Um, I know that you guys were saying sixes. Um, I'm okay at sevens. I think I'm going to give it a shot anyway. See what see what. Oh, happens. Still just got, got barely it. over, barely greater than fifty percent chance <laughs> to still hit. Sevens to hit. <laughs> yeah, sevens sevens to hit, and uh, I was going to give it a shot. See see how it goes. I mean, I think I got thirty thirty one points in the tank and the spotter. So slotting it in where I can. Yeah, I just giving it a shot. Again, I'm more thematic and, you know, just trying to have fun with it than building an Uber list any, anymore. Um, even though I really haven't played competitively in anything because I've been running it. But um, yeah, it, so the, the, the other piece that I wanted to ask you guys too was is that um, how important was it during the tournament playing and also getting a chance to converse with others and listen and hear about their lists. Oh, I think for me, it was, that was probably the number one thing, you know, I look, you know, this is what month three of playing alpha strike for me. And, uh, you know, really it's just for me getting in there and, and kind of just talking to some other guys that, that are, they've been playing for a long time and they've got a bunch of different lists and seeing how they work together and and just really just picking their brains as far as how they build their list or why they build their list, you know, and and really just just trying to see if their stuff is actually working, you know. Um, I found out heat was bad. Heat was really bad. So uh, <laughs> especially especially if it hits you. Yeah, if it hits you, it's bad. It's just don't just don't do it. But uh, so that was that was the kind of the, the top thing for me was just, just interacting with some other folks that okay. I don't know, you know. Mario? Uh, well, uh, as far as like the composition of other people's lists, well, uh, what, did, prob- what, did, probably... what did the composition yeah. of other people's lists and what you brought and how did that, you know, affect what you did going forward? If someone took an Olmec list, I probably had a smile on my face like a Cheshire cat. <laughs> I went straight for the throat. I I went straight for the throat and wiped them off the board. Uh, I had I had an enormous amount of trouble with people that ran lists that were like mine. Those I the worst. Uh, my hats off to uh, Aaron and John. Uh, they had a, a good number of uh, a mix of tanks and quicker mechs. And I got a taste of my own medicine, and it was it was bitter. Doesn't feel and good, I, I, does I, it? I, it? It does not feel good because <laughs> uh, when, when you when you see you know somebody rolling up vehicles exactly like yours and you're like oh i know how to handle these and then you're like oh i know what those are going to do to me this isn't going to be as much fun as i thought so i i had to i had to really work a lot harder with the vehicle list but so i was, I, I think was a, was a lot more like chess where you were trading trading vehicles back and forth oh yeah yeah oh yeah 
a mech list is easy because when someone is strictly sticking with mechs, they're limiting their numbers. I mean, a guy with a, a straight mech list is going to run probably seven mechs total at the most. Somebody that's running a vehicle list is going to run 12. And there's, there's a whole lot more going on. So I can't focus my fire as much. So it, it made a big difference. Sean, when I see, you, I just have to I just had to survive one attack from an assault mech, and then I can take them out for support. Yeah, Sean, you uh, you, you started off like you said l roughly a year ago, and you've become kind of a, a study of the MUL, I would say, correct? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm on there all the time. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely think that a, a good portion of playing well. Uh, is familiarity with what units are out there, what you can have, um, and how the units work together. Um, and just just going through and seeing what's out there, not only just you know to see what you want to play, but also what you might play against. I think that's that's incredibly valuable uh, to play really well in this game. You saw that in our classic game too of oh my word. not understand not understanding the movement profile of what you were playing against and. Oh shit! I shouldn't have gone there. Um, that oh, yeah, it was just that. Not only that, but also knowing what my mechs could do. You know, yeah. What what is what does it mean to be a pulse laser or medium pulse laser or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just I I had no clue what my what my own mechs could do just having having never shot any of them before. Want to? Should we do that that shout out and go into? Uh... Right on. We had uh, a third event that we were listing. Uh, we saw on Facebook that uh, uh, Texas Toy Soldier had a welcome to Battletech Classic Grinder event that was on uh, November 6th in uh, Carrollton, Texas, hosted with uh, our own uh, William Frank. So good turnout, loads of fun, and they had some trial Mac maps, Kickstarter stuff. So kudos to them for putting on an event and getting some community out there and stuck together to play some, roll some dice. All right. And, uh, yeah. Anybody else got any other things to shout, out? of shout outs begin? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right. Sean, so let's go. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead and let our guests start uh, off with Sean. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, after the battle barn, uh, I, uh, after the tournament, I was able to enjoy a fine meal and extensive discussion of uh, all the joys that were had during the tournament. Um, so shout out to Bob and Steve um, for having dinner with me. We went and got some Mexican food. And uh, man, we talked for hours uh, about just everything. Just kind of relived the whole the whole glory of the, of the tournament. So shout out to them. Uh, shout out to Chris Hesby for... Uh, uh, well, attempting to come and, and play. I know he drives from a long way, so the guy's, the guy's pretty isolated <laughs> way up in uh, yeah. the middle of Egypt, Minnesota. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, next time you come into town, man, we'll, we'll throw some dice. Um, and I guess I better shout out my wife for being patient and tolerant, letting me enjoy this hobby. Right That's on. That's a good one. Ah. That's a good one. Always appreciate her. <laughs> To tolerate a lot more here pretty soon. <laughs> Especially with the Agogo -Go coming up again. Can't, can't oh, be yeah. the number one name in 350 and not go to every tournament. 
Well, plus we all just finished up our Wave 2 Kickstarters, too. <laughs> all right. Oh, uh, next coming up, shout-outs. Mario, you got any shout-outs, buddy? Yeah, uh, I want to shout-out to uh, Bobby for running the, the tournament. That was awesome. Uh, I got to, got to meet him finally in person. And uh, Kevin Whalen and his son, Ethan, they were awesome. Uh Shout out to the people I played against, which was uh, uh, Aaron, AJ, John, uh, Matt. He was the one that was down in Florida. He drove 12 hours. It was had some amazing stuff. Wow. Uh, oh shoot! And yeah, I, I speculate here. And I mean, I, I got to meet a lot of really cool people. Oh, Batman! I got to meet Batman. Hey, hey Batman! Batman. <laughs> yep. We had a good we had a good representative uh, the Wolfnet guys there, uh, Josh and Dustin from MechBay podcast. I got to meet them. <clears throat> that Rock was cool. Uh, and, and Doug, uh, he brought his sons there, and I got to meet all them. They were that was fun. And of course, my wife for putting up with the madness to be like running off like ten hour drives, spending a weekend <laughs> not being at the house. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and then the Tuesday, the Tuesday night fight crew. All right. We saw the uh, third bat, best bat patch on the uh, live stream as well most of the time. <clears throat> uh, ben, you got any shout-outs? Yeah, um, I want to shout-out the, the the guys that I played at the tournament this weekend. Um, Ethan, uh, Darren, Doug, Matt, and there was another guy, but I can't remember. It's late. <laughs> My Jerry. That was it. Oh, Jerry. <laughs> See, it was close. Yeah. Uh, outstanding crew. Um, I also want to shout out Dan from the uh, Watching Paint Dry uh, YouTube channel. Um, he's uh, one of the fellow Virginians out here. And uh, so check out his channel. And then, uh, obviously, uh, Segment Italian. In Wolfnet, you know, second to none. Let's keep it going, guys. <laughs> Whoop, second to none. And uh, have a good night. All oh, right, Andrew. Samir. Oh. oh, yeah, Samir. Samir had the uh, best best painted uh, unit list, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Great Death Legion. There you go, Gideon. He ran it. He ran it. Right, right from the book, Era Specific, Great Death Legion Army. Cool. Solid. All right. Good um, job, Samir. Better get your shit in order, Gideon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, mine's legit on mole, so I'm, <laughs> I'm good enough there. All right. Go ahead, Andrew. Uh, give a shout-out to Sean, Ben, and Mario for joining us tonight and giving us their, their insight on a number of different things. Um, thank Woo! you for joining us. Um, and then I also want to call out Sean for giving me a call on Saturday to go play classic. Um, I just, I enjoyed the game a, a lot. It, it rekindled a little bit for me and, and, you know, again, experiencing those critical hits are, are exciting. So, uh, it's been a little while since that happened and I had a good time. So thank you yeah, for giving me the call. Great, great job getting him playing again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Aaron, you're up. 
Uh, I want to thank Jordan Love for uh, showing me that uh, he is not ready for the NFL. Uh, I want to thank my wife for allowing me to put up my painting uh, diorama downstairs, which hopefully, hopefully, we'll start doing a live YouTube painting show. Yeah. And go ahead, Charles, since you redacted and blacked out all of your show notes. <laughs> Well, Brute stole them, so... <laughs> oh, then, uh, that, that's, what happens when, that's, what, that's what happens when WolfNet steals your information. It just turns into a black box. <laughs> More I don't write show off. notes until the end. <laughs> no, uh, no, I just want to uh, shout out Derek over at Aries Games and Minis um, for his longtime support. Uh, there's no uh, history brief be since this is a special edition uh podcast no history brief so um still gonna make sure that uh we get him mentioned in there if you have any miniature needs go over there um we talked a lot about a lot of minis vehicles max infantry battle armor he's got them all he's got decals i don't he, he's got everything he's got patches that say wolfnet on them i mean he's got everything um have, but yeah i placed I an, dice. I placed an I placed an order during the podcast. Go buy. That's how easy it is. You can podcast and order from Derek at the same time. It was beautiful. But anyway, yeah. So Aries, games and minis. Anyways, uh, sunshine's on a dog's ass. I'd like to thank uh, Robert Wiersma, who uh, I hope <sighs> will have a good time trying to in the near future. Uh, we've known him since college, and. Uh, he likes to play. He's got a group down in Sioux City, so we'll try and get uh, them up to speed on Classic since we did some Alpha Strike last time. Great A, dude. Great A, dude. Oh, last one. We we, we do have one more thing. we got to give a, a, a happy birthday to Mr. Pardo. It was his birthday yesterday. Oh, do we on have Saturday. to? I mean... yeah. Yeah, we probably Happy should. Happy birthday. No, we're not singing. To we're not fucking singing. We've done that once before. Mute him. Mute him. Can I mute him? Wolfstragoons.com or YouTube, Discord, Patreon, or our Facebook page. And ladies and gentlemen, you have a great evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Oh shit, is he gonna end it? When's he gonna end it? How long can it go? Let's see. At some point he crosses the line from Wolf Howl to shift uh shift whistle. Baboon mating season. Oh, let it go. Alright, there we go. Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Print it.